0: Welcome to City Talks, a monthly podcast looking at the big issues facing UK cities and the latest thinking on urban policy. I'm your host, Andrew Carter, from the think tank Centre for Cities. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of City Misits. My name is Paul Swinney. I'm Director of Policy and Research here at uh, Centre for Cities. Now, uh, long-term listeners will know that it is usually... Andrew Carter, our chief executive, who presents this, Um, but he is in Birmingham today, uh, as we record, as we often do at Centre for Cities when we get out and about and see people from across the country and talk to them about the research that we do. I'm joined today by my colleague James Evans, uh, who has authored a new report on hotspots, looking at where uh, the economy clusters in the UK and the the reasons for that. Um, So James, why have you spent the last few months of your life uh, looking (laughs) at this issue? Well... It, at its
1: heart, the, the report is about the, the 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 economic pickle that we find ourselves in. Productivity has been uh, growth has been really low. Economic growth has been really low for the last few years, and politicians of all stripes are really interested in finding solutions out of this hole. Um, there's been lots of long-term interest, lots of reports, lots of research on clustering. Politicians get super excited about it they major. love talking about net zero manufacturing whizzy things as one of my colleagues refers uh, first to it and in recent uh, in recent months both major parties have expressed interest in policy interventions that might be used to help innovative activity in the future gordon brown and his commission uh, new the uk's Future looked at clusters and announced Labour's intention to promote them. And perhaps more concretely, the government has now moved towards its or reconfigured its investment zone strategy around supporting uh, clusters of high end activity in very specific places, namely the MCAs, the Metropolitan Combined Authorities. And that policy includes a whole host of things in relation to land use, universities and innovation that we're looking
0: at. Yeah, and the Chancellor very much pivoted the investment zones uh, policy towards this idea of clustering. And he in particular seems very interested in the, the sector angle um, of that. Now, we've done something a bit different, haven't we, in terms of uh, in terms of this? Because like you said, lots of research has been done on clustering in the past. Um, but we feel like we've we've taken a slightly different um, framework or used a slightly different framework to understand them. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we have taken sort of a different approach. Now, reading of the uh, the research into agglomeration, which is something we talk about a lot of the, at the Centre for Cities, uh, tells us that having lots of things in one place really helps foster innovation. This is especially important for what they call knowledge spillover effects, which is the sharing of information in between workers and firms and we also know that these particularly knowledge spillovers occur over very very short distances now in our work we're using data on the new economy now the new economy is comprised of lots of innovative activities ranging from fintech edtech medtech advanced manufacturing advanced materials and what we are doing is we're looking at how these firms uh, cluster together, therefore, over really, really short distances. We're talking maybe 250 meters uh, for these firms to be considered related. Um, in order to, to do this more formally, we've used an algorithm that's used by scientists, biologists, epidemiologists, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and passed it over this data we have, which looks where these firms are over local scales, and from it emerge hotspots, which we think are places where these agglomeration economies can happen, where innovation can be fostered. and the beautiful thing about it is it tells us what it is about certain parts of the country within cities and towns, say, that these kind of firms find attractive and maybe give us an indication of what we can do to yeah. support it in the future. Yeah,
0: yeah. and certainly the, the emergence of, of new data or very fine-grained data in recent years allows us to do this sort of thing, doesn't it? Because in the past, when uh, people have looked at clustering, they've only looked at data down at the local authority level, but actually what you're saying is that, even that local authority level is too broad in principle. It is very much about those really short geographies where we're having this interaction over. And the data that you've used and the algorithm that you use actually allows us to to do this in a way that hasn't been done, really, we don't think, in the UK before.
1: absolutely, and certainly not on these scales. And Mm. it's very nice to not be constrained by these sort of administrative geographies and everything else. We can really get to the heart of what places are helping to drive innovation within regional and, and city economies and the new economy is a great angle to, to, to investigate these
0: questions. Marvellous. Excellent. Right. So that's what we did. Um, what did we find? How many hotspots are there in the UK?
1: So in all, there are different
0: thresholds and you can
1: play around with it a little bit. We think there are probably about 350. There's 344 precisely. And uh, the good news is that they're basically everywhere. <laughs> every, every region has them. Uh, there's a really nice statistic in the report that, you know, like, or more than like four-fifths of all people in the country within 10 miles of at least one. So this is something that's relevant to most local contexts. Most parts of the country do have the potential to foster innovative activity.
0: Great. But and the big also th- oh, are three, there are sort of three main things that we we pull out from it, don't we? So the first one is let's go through those in, in 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 steps. So the first one is that, well, are these things even important? You said that policymakers have long got excited about them, mm-hmm. should they? Uh, well, I think
1: there is there is. There is evidence to suggest they are worth something. Mm-hmm. So we assessed the we link these hotspots to local geographies and we assess their growth and their productivity mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of decades, but especially since the last recession. And our sort of sense checking suggests you know that these things are worth about 1% of GDP, a couple of hundred thousand jobs. These are again scattered all over the country. We know that places that are hosting these hotspots have grown more. We're looking at about two and a half percent real growth a year, which far outstrips what the economy is doing generally. And we think that they are on average about seven percent more productive than areas yeah. without them within their regions. Yeah. And that tells us that there is probably something going on yeah. here. It might not all be to do with the hotspot, but there is, to use the jargon, a co-movement of these positive economic outcomes and the existence of these hotspots yeah. in local economies. Now
0: I'm sure if I was a politician listening to this who you know really wants cluster policy to be center of, of what they do next one percent of all firms doesn't sound very big so actually is this just not a thing well
1: it might not, might not be able to change the whole economy forever mm-hmm. but what we do know is that this is a very small number of firms that are punching well above their weight we're talking about 0.6 percent of all the firms in the economy that are kicking out above what we, what we well we, we hope that these things are successful but this is a, a nascent new part of the economy that's in its development phase We know that these firms have attracted billions in grants and investment. They are at the cutting edge. And even if we're not competitive in all of it in the future, and I dare say we won't be, these firms are going to help drive Britain's success
0: in decades to come. And I think the the key element in that is that these the type these are the, the the firms at the frontier of the economy that we think are going to drive growth in the future. So that they're not massive at the moment actually is uh shouldn't be a huge surprise, but that they are are more productive and do seem to be growing more quickly, I think is an interesting sign that there is something in this, even if it isn't shouldn't form the whole of uh a party's yeah, well,
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Excellent. Right. So that's point one about how important they are. Point two, geography. Now there's quite a lot to unpack about this. you did say that they were. Um, across the country but actually there's a little bit more to uh, to it than that isn't there
1: yeah there will there's always nuance in, in economic geography uh, <laughs> the the, pig, the big thing to be taken away is that even though they are everywhere the greater southeast stands at the center of this sort of clustered new economy uh, central London alone accounts for a very large proportion of the national share and the rest of the great southeast does quite well but the biggest takeaways to be ta- uh, to be observed well, the thing, the biggest thing that we observe is that the largest hotspots with the most firms in, there's most stuff going on, are overwhelmingly in city centres. We know that a huge proportion of of all these firms are urban anyway, it's well in excess of 80%. um, And the hotspots that exist outside urban areas are close to them in places where there's good connectivity, and they tend to be a little bit smaller. This again reinforces the points that come out of the report in relation to the importance of agglomeration, connectivity, labour markets and skills. And cities have that sort of in abundance. So that's where we find the biggest chunk of this
0: activity. Yeah, so these, these clusters are overwhelmingly urban. But um, we do find a curious finding in terms of big cities, don't we?
1: Yeah, well, this is where we start getting onto the bad news. It's unfortunately the case that even though they have lots of things going for them and actually have quite a lot of activity in their cause, the major cities outside the Greater Southeast actually seem to really struggle. They, their their hotspots are a lot smaller than we'd expect, mm. and they have fewer of them. Um, that's not to say that they're not good at this. Uh, there's a really great chart in the report where we look at uh, how much of a local new economy is clustered in hotspots versus it's not. And what we find is actually the major cities, Glasgow, Liverpool, places like that, get their new economy firms into hotspots at similar rates to successful places like Cambridge. But unfortunately, they just have a lack of these firms. Mm -hmm. We think this might be to do with uh, connectivity issues, labour market issues in these big cities. We know in previous work that the big cities are effectively smaller than their populations would give away because they just cannot get the skilled workers into their hearts to capitalise on those things. Fixing issues like that is going to be really important to help these uh, urban new economies grow in the future. And and that
0: very much aligns with the, the wider finance that we've that what we've come up with at Centre for Cities around doing the performance of big places. And this then, it isn't actually a surprise that we find this, because we do think, you know, attracting in these cutting-edge new economy businesses is, is what drives on um, productivity uh, levels and productivity growth, then we should expect that um, that we then see a similar pattern in this respect in terms of performance of the big cities from a clustering perspective, as well as that broader um, productivity perspective as well. Right, so that's uh, number two, geography. Number three, sectors politicians seem to love clusters because they talk about particular sectors what did we find uh, on that across these 344 hotspots
1: well this is one of the things that's actually quite interesting when you look at co-location over these sorts of scales we don't really find that these firms insist on being by other companies to do the exact same thing as them we know that a lot of firms in these hotspots are service orientated and it seems to be that they don't mind it's not as if you know, a fintech firm has to be next to cryptocurrency or whatever else in order to function. Actually, over small scales, innovative firms like being in places where there's a diverse ecosystem. In the report, we call them melting pots rather than monoclusters. Now, this makes intuitive sense. We're talking about small scales, but it's also about what new economy innovative firms need. And despite the image you might think about of lasers and labs and all this sort of stuff, Actually, most cutting edge firms need good offices. They need skilled workers, particularly programmers and things like that. And information sharing often often happens across and between sectors. There's some interesting research that we cite in the report about how really unconventional ideas happen when there are these cross-sector mixes. So the big takeaway is that if you're supporting activity of very small scales like this, Focusing on one sector isn't, the th- isn't going to yeah. unlock it. Mm-hmm. What's more important is place, making sure that the location has the right infrastructure, has the right accessibility, has all these other attributes, and that is what seems to be driving this localised clustering, rather than these much larger sector-specific things, which we think are operating more on regional scales.
0: Marvellous. So it's very much about place being the organising factor rather than than sectors, which themselves, you know, sector definitions are are, are relatively arbitrary in terms of how we uh, come up with them as well, particularly at the cutting edge of the economy. Uh, Marvellous. We found a couple of things as well, finally, um, in terms of the findings on what drives locations within place. Can you touch uh, just briefly on that, but where within a city, where clusters tend to go? Well,
1: absolutely. Um, We use a couple of statistical methods to try and understand this question understanding how much of a cluster new economy activity there is in a place, but also like where it is specifically within towns and cities. And in the investment zone policy, the government's quite keen on universities and other sort of anchors, and we assess those. What we find, the short version, is that universities don't really seem to increase the amount of stuff in their local area, but they are very good at organising their new economy into hotspots, and they do this close by. High technology employers do a similar thing. They Mm -hmm. seem to organise these sorts of uh, businesses into hotspots in their general vicinities we're talking over like a couple of kilometers but the big thing that comes out over and over and over again is the importance of agglomeration economies as we identify them making sure there are enough skilled workers who can get to the locations really drives whether these hotspots appear or not these firms appear where there's lots of other businesses and this is actually just the beauty of how these things function and for policymakers, it says double down on where you have existing strengths building up the right fundamentals is very very difficult um and this you know is an important thing going forward
0: yep so that gets us into uh into policy recommendations and so what do you think are the the key policy takeaways from the work
1: well we have a number of recommendations in the report uh as i said the the, the big takeaway is it's much harder to foster hot spots and innovative activity where there's nothing there already. You're much better off focusing on where the, there is already a hotspot of interactivity activity and nurturing it, helping it grow. Now, in some parts of the country, there are lots of constraints, particularly in the greater Southeast. And that really means that land use policy is gonna be really, really important. Being serious about ensuring there's enough commercial space, that you're making the best of the flexibility of commercial space that the new Class E um, categories have opened up, and also the sort of national development management policies and whatever, just making sure that there's enough space for these hotspots to grow, there's enough commercial available for them is super, super important. Outside the Great Southeast, the focus really has to be on the big cities. And this matters to the investment zone policies, it matters, in relation to transport policy and everything else. Focusing on the city centre, where we know that there is a good propensity to help this sort of thing along, but there isn't enough at the moment, is the best thing that you can do to support this activity in the future.
0: Marvellous, excellent. And finally, um, if you were to be sitting in front of the Chancellor and he has his investment zones policy, what would you be saying to him about, uh, about whether it's good, whether it's bad, what would change as a result of this research?
1: Well, I think the good thing about the investment zone policy is that it has been pivoted onto these major cities where there is underperformance and room to grow. That's great. They're also serious about um, anchors like universities and everything else. But you need to be careful about which anchors you're using, how the research un- yeah, university research is coming into, into, the, into, the, into, the, into the equation. But the other thing I would say is focus on the city centres and don't get het up about sectors. You're not going to be able to promote advanced manufacturing everywhere, but you might be able to promote fintech, agency market, fancy high-end services, things that are using algorithms to break through and recruitment and everything else. Those sorts of things are a more realistic option for more places, and as such, both the Chancellor, but also mayors should be thinking about that when they're forming their policy proposals.
0: Certainly, don't close down the opportunity today to create this melting pot of many different sectors by being too overly focused on, on just one. Marvellous. James, thank you very much uh, for that. A very quick uh, canter through what has been a fantastic piece of work uh, to uh, work on. Uh, As always, you can find the research on our website, um, as well as some nice interactive uh, uh, graphics as well. So if you want to know where the 344 hotspots are and how close you are to to where you are, you can zoom in and and have a play with that as well. James, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of City Talks brought to you by Centre for Cities. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Centre for Cities. Please rate, review and subscribe if you like what you heard. You can also follow the centre on Twitter at Centre for Cities or like us on LinkedIn for the latest updates on what the centre is up to. If you have any comments on the episode or suggestions for topics we should cover in the future we'd love to hear from you. Do tweet us or send an email to info at centreforcities.org The music was from Palace Fires by Johnny Foreigner, used with permission and all rights are reserved.